Brewing with Style is brought to you by Northern Brewer with fast shipping, expert advice, and all the ingredients and equipment you need to make the best beer possible. Visit them today at northernbrewer.com. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDole, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy. Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. Everybody? Yeah. Everybody. Shake Got John body. here, Jay-Z, and Scott. And Bebo. Bebo's on the phone. Bebo. Bebo looking quite attractive today. He actually, actually dressed uh, in a dress instead of uh, like board shorts and, uh, <laughs> and a dirty sweatshirt. And uh, I noticed she dressed, she's wearing her uh, optometrist office clothing to this. Uh, yeah. There, yeah. You yeah. there you go. I guess that's what she's got, so. She's she's shutting the door. Right. Yeah. Is this uh, the only thing that, that we wasn't? Just can't turn the headphones. Was off. the the least least dirty thing in the uh, bin or what? Yeah. She's gonna pull down the blinds soon. <laughs> I'm not giving her blinds. I'm not giving her the Good option. We're right. looking at you, baby. She's like, I'm screen, screening no calls today. <laughs> doesn't doesn't bother listening. She's not even plugged in. This is great. Right. Right. Hey, you <laughs> talking about me? <clears throat> nope. nope. Yeah. No. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you know. Uh, one of the things I like is 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 great session beer. I like you know beers with lower alcohol. I can I can drink more and you know spend more time in the in the pub and all that. It's one of the reasons that one of my favorite places to go is is the UK. You know they got lots of great uh, best bitter things like that. Right. And you know there's more of the session IPA and all that stuff going on here. And uh, you know I appreciate that. You know, nice, nice effort. Good, good, good idea to give it a shot. Um, but I'm telling you, good idea. One of the things that people don't seem to grasp out here in this part of the world that we're sitting in, California of of the, the United States, and you know, elsewhere around here, but you know, around here. When you make a session ale, when you make a smaller beer, you reduce the carbonation so it doesn't blow out the total beer with just fizz. Yeah, balance, yeah. Yeah. You got you know, you need to you're you're ratcheting down your malt and your alcohol and everything else. Ratchet down your carbonation. That's if you why. want to make a good session ale, lower carbonation. Yeah, appropriate to what, the stuff. What the hell? People have no clue. It's just these gassy things. I'd spend half an hour yeah, shaking the carbon dioxide yeah. 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 out. Yeah. They're more bitter, too. Yeah, well, it, it, they come across as harsh. Yeah. Unpalatable. Right. If you knock the carbonation down, then they actually take on a nice, rich, you know, easy drinking kind of character to them. That the that the style's all about, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, one of the reasons that British beer, uh, you know, their 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 session ales, their three point eight, four point one beers have a lower carbonation is, it's much better that way. <laughs> so why don't we all give that a try out here? And you can drink more. You know, you don't need yeah. to use so much gas. Back it off a little bit. Makes sense. Oh my God. Yeah, it's not as filling either, too, right? You don't get right, as gassy. Right. And- yeah. 
it's gassy, acidic. Uh, it's just killing me. Hmm. Which you know, I I I think we there's some great beer out here, but I think that there's some crap examples of yeah. You know, <laughs> Beer, I, I cannot find a great, uh, you know, a British uh, best bitter here in, in the U.S. I, anybody is that a challenge? Have oh, you had the uh, Freewheel beers? <laughs> Freewheel. Mm. Over in uh, mm. Hayward, where, wherever they're at. They're really good. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. They're all served on uh, hand pump. There's never in a... Redwood uh, City. There you go. Redwood City. There you go. Yeah. Check no, them out. No, I haven't. They're um, really, really good. Does this, but, uh, does this apply across the board? So, like the the more malt and hops, the more carbonation. Just it's a, it's a, just a sliding uh, scale. Well, no, no, I don't think double IPAs or hop are, have more carbonation than IPAs. I they don't. don't? Think it, no, I don't think it's that linear. How come? Well, I think you know there is some truth to it. I think Scott's right. It, a lot of it depends on residual gravity. So, if you're drying out the beer, you know, you put too much too much CO two in, it becomes thin and acidic and and harsh if you're leaving quite a bit of residual gravity there then you you need a little more carbon dioxide to kind of cut through that and to carry that so i I think in general well there's some truth to what you're saying scott although it's going to depend on you know one one brewer's ipa versus another brewer's double ipa well that might you know throw a wrench in it but but generally yeah i would say you know based on your residual so how do you fix fix this as a home brewer? Like you have your kegerator and you have your CO2 tank. Less gas. <laughs> Less gas. Helps yeah. everyone. Just carbonate <laughs> the two volumes instead of 2.4. Right, right. Go. Two volumes would be much nicer in a lot of these session beers. Much nicer. Two but volumes if, instead of two and a half. But if I have my lager on tap uh-huh. and I have my British pale, uh-huh. am I going to go two volumes on both? I mean, you two regulators. Come on. Oh, there you go. Or one of those more, yeah, more equipment. Dual regulator. Hey, there you go. Nice. Where can you get those regulators? At our fine sponsor, northernbrewer.com. You guys are pros. <laughs> yeah, check them out. Uh, northernbrewer.com. They've got great shipping, great uh, great selection, uh, freshest <laughs> ingredients, and great customer service. They're on top of it, and uh, they're on top of us. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> Stay away from the gas. I've been under them for a long time. <laughs> we like them on top. Uh, so uh, visit uh, northernbrewer.com and, and keep them on top. There you go. There you go. All right. So what are we talking about today, John? Munich Dunkel. <gasps> Munich Dunkel. Ooh. Yeah. An awesome beer. I love I love that style. Yeah. That is I, an excellent. I'm excellent one of the best lagers you could drink. Speaking of maltiness and like right. balance of carbonation, you know, right? That's all about it. Yeah, it's it's uh, and one of the things about German beers is you know they they got them to where you can drink drink them by the giant yeah. liter. You know, mm. that's funny you say that. Uh, Dan Gordon of Gordon Beers fame was in here a few weeks ago, and mm. we did a, a boot challenge mm-hmm. uh, with the Stiefel. Mm-hmm. And that hey, Bevo, was that it? Was it a Dunkel? Was it the Gordon Beers Dunkless in the in the boot there? It was. Yeah, yes. it was. There you go. So you literally can drink it by the bootful. There you go. Wow. Because I saw the color of that beer. He had a really light coppery. Was a Dortmunder. Munich Dunkel. Oh, was the Dortmunder? I think it was. Oh, okay. Well, we have a uh, we have Dunkless uh, tonight. We have Dunkless. There you go. <laughs> I thought it was. He talked a lot about the Dunkless. So. Yeah. It was the dark one, Maybe. right? The Dunkless was the dark one, and the Dortmunder was the light one, right? Maybe you had both. You probably drank a lot. Yeah. We had them both that night. We just never had the right beer on when we were talking to him or something. Yeah. 
We don't remember. Imagine that. God knows what beer we're doing tonight. I mean, we're assuming it's Munich Dunkel. It is Munich Dunkel. (laughs) There you go. These these beers are very malty. It's Mm -hmm. the lager. Mm -hmm. Uh, The color ranges from dark brown to copper. Usually it has a very frothy, creamy tan head retention. I think it's really important to this style. And that comes from the Munich malt, the melanoidins that you use in the the recipe for the style. Uh, In the aroma, you should taste like a nutty note, you know, a lot of melanoidins from the Munich used. And then in the flavor, you'll get a really rich, rich Munich kind of toasty, nutty, chocolatey. Bready. Bready. Yeah, Mm -hmm. bready definitely comes across all across the palate. Very low bitterness, you know, probably holotow all the way through. Uh, Stats, your gravity ranges from 1048, 1056. You have 18 to 25 IBUs. Final gravity around ten ten and uh, about four and a half to five and a half percent. Well, this is all about the Munich malt, you know, uh, rich, bready, uh, toast character. I think you know hints of chocolate are okay, but it should be you know at most a hint, a subtle hint. If you if you start getting into that kind of roasty thing, then that's a little too much. It would be out of style. Right, right. Okay. So um, I think it it's. It's a a great style to do, I think. You know, if you love multi beers, this was one of my favorite styles when I was starting out. This is where the whole Mr. Malty thing comes from. Oh, wow. Is doing, you know, these rich, malty Some kind roots. of beers, <laughs> um, but, you know, making them drinkable. Again, it's, you know, you got to get enough attenuation. You know, it's a, it's a medium bodied uh, beer, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's got to attenuate out enough and, and be dry enough so that you can drink again. A whole liter of this, and uh, Munich Dunkel. That's that's one of my one of my uh, all time favorites. I classic. think absolute classic beer. All right, let's do this. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about Munich Dunkel. We'll try some all that sort of thing right after this. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a Certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's 
our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzenstein? Yes, J.P. Law. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My father, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creatures out of the acid. <laughs> yes, J.P. Law, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Glickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy don't be silly, J.P. We have beer to brew. The biggest innovation in brewer's yeast in 125 years is here. Yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. See it for yourself at NHC in Grand Rapids. Pure yeast experimentation. White Labs. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh, no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. Now back to Brewing with Style. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that what you say when you try a uh, great uh, Munich vocal? <laughs> yeah, like four times in a row. Hmm. This is a tough one. Can't wait to see the judging comments on this one. Hmm. Yeah, it is quite interesting. We're, uh, we've got the eyeing air, uh, Altberich Dunkel. We've got, uh, Gordon Biersch, uh, uh, Dunkels. We've got uh, the Spaten Dunkel. And we've got the Ruthburger. Is that Ruthburger? 
Root burger. Root burger. Yeah, there is um, yeah. Uh, quite a good uh, selection there. Nice job, yeah. Scott. Thanks. <laughs> I'm impressed. Better at that than I am at running this board. <laughs> hey, all that matters is good beer. Yeah. Right? Well. Might be. <laughs> Audio doesn't matter. This is one of those uh, tougher categories where... Uh, well, they could hardly be any different in color. I mean, we had four beers from four different manufacturers. and uh, <laughs> yeah, They all exactly like it together and one. say, uh, hmm. I mean, you think one would be like, instead of be lighter or something, but, or darker. But they're within, well, I don't know. I think they're the same, exact same SRM. I can't say that there's Pretty spot any, on. any difference. Good thing we have our beer placemats. Right? Yeah, we don't. we get it mixed up here. You didn't give us one of your patented beer placements. <laughs> I did not get one. Well, uh, with the four circles? Yeah, they have. a lot of work. A lot of work. Worked hard at that one. Should mm. I make those up before the show? Yeah. Yes, please. Should that be part of my, yeah. my responsibilities? Yeah, we can add more responsibilities to Bevo. I think. I'm thinking like laminated, and we can use dry erasing pins. Ooh, that's actually a really... I could go way too Free far pencil. with this. No. I know I'm going to get here, though, and it's going to be like, ah, the laminating machine doesn't work. These markers are out of ink. Uh, the printer has no paper. Scott, that was one time. <laughs> Can I use your credit Today. card? Today. They mm. could be colder. They could be colder. But this style, you can get away with it being warmer. Why? Because uh, it's malty? It's a lager. Lagers are pretty... Cold? Almost always cold. Yeah. Okay. I served a little warm, Scott. A little warm. Uh, I blame the cold box manufacturer. No, I blame when I put them in there, which was about 46 minutes ago. <laughs> nice. I blame Scott. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> well, um, definitely generally, getting... generally we, we have this, we, we have more time on our break to actually taste all the samples, <clears throat> decide which ones we like. Jeez, Bevo. Gosh. But uh, we did not, did not get that. Uh, you know, so John, you've brewed some, some Munich Dunkel. I have. Tasty, have you ever ever brewed? Uh, not that I remember. No, I don't think I have, no. Uh, and like I said, for me, it's it's you know one of those things that I, I worked on perfecting a long time ago, and, and I realized a couple of things. One is source of ingredients, quite important. And then fermentation. That's it. Those are the two things you need. Good quality base ingredient, good quality fermentation didn't really matter a whole lot what yeast you used. If you use any of the German lager yeasts, you're good. You're good. Go for it. That's fine. Um, there is a South German lager that White, uh, White Labs use, which uh, I believe that is, you know, very akin to the Eyinger strain. I, I, I actually <laughs> got the Eyinger strain back in the day from somebody. I got a little, little slant of it and grew that up, and that's what I would use. Uh, to brew my uh, my Munich Dunkel because I love the Eyinger. You just keep rebuilding it. Yeah, I would just Slick. take. I, I took off of that little slant. And I went ahead and made a whole bunch more slants, and then uh, I would use that to to grow up uh, off of that. Were you like this is like prize gold? I have this strain, right? Don't right. tell my friends, right? And then <laughs> and then White Labs came up with this, the South German Lager. Ah, A thirty eight, right? A thirty eight, yeah. Which. Uh, Eyingers located in the south of Germany, so maybe maybe there is some relationship there. I would not maybe. say that's the case, but perhaps maybe. Uh, so that's one of my favorites. You know, real malty, 
uh, you know, real malt forward. Uh, it drops. Uh, it's more flocculent than a lot of other uh, lager strains. The anger, the anger is, is to me the maltier of the, of the four beers we have here. It has mm-hmm. more malt character, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I like. The others seem yeah. kind of dry in the finish. Well, and, and uh, very good beers. Yeah, you know, with the with them being hot, uh, I think that oh. that kind of gives it more of a spritzy, <laughs> dry finish. That'll uh, sweeten them up a little you bit. Get more of the melanoidin coming through. Like there's this maltiness, is like boom in your face. And then you can also pick up a lot more esters, which are, isn't 100% des- desirable, but maybe some. But warm beer. I'll I still drink it. They're more like malt esters than, say, like yeast esters in this beer. Malt esters. Mm-hmm. And that's, elaborate, I'm curious. I don't know what that is. Well, you know, it's like any ester. It's just kind of a, like a something, to, if, it, if it doesn't give you a flavor, then there's no point. It doesn't matter. It might as well not even be there. But, you know, it gives it sort of a uh, little sweetness. Sort of like it's actually, that is the malt character. It's the different esters that it uh, that it leaves in the beer. Okay. Yeah. So malt will contribute an ester-like oh, no, flavor. Oh, definitely, sure. Yeah. And then, you know, the fermentation, of course, you know, mm-hmm. breaks some of that stuff down and create, you know, makes it's, makes different esters out of those esters. It's kind of a builds on it kind of thing. I've always been fascinated with fermentation, the, the color of the work going in the ferment and then mm-hmm. post-ferment mm-hmm. or during ferment. Yeah. Right, right. The, the color change. Sure. I, I always, uh, one of the things that I realized when I was homebrewing was if I looked at the color of the wort when I was recirculating my wort through the mash, I, I would recirculate for, for a while. And when I did, the color of the wort at that point that was coming out, that was the finished color of my beer. You say because. finished in that you're looking at it through like a half inch tubing or something. Yeah, something and then like you're that. talking about how it looks in a glass, right? So, okay, so it obviously then it uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it lightened up, right? Actually. Right. Yeah. But I, I I always knew that by looking at that, that's approximately what it would look like in the yeah, glass later right. on. So and if you so, wanted to like darken it up a little bit, you could top mash right, a right. little carrot. It always right. it always seemed to relate very closely. So hmm. if I looked at that and I said, "Oh, that's too light." I knew, or if that's too dark, I knew, and I could I could make adjustments right then and there. That's cool, right? That's hey, a great you know. point. I, it's one thing I, I tell people when they brew is to just pay attention, take mm-hmm. measurements, mm-hmm. smell it, taste it, taste everything, and every time you can get a chance, taste right. it. And over time, you'll actually develop a like a, a feedback response. Mm-hmm. You go like that doesn't taste right, or usually it's sweeter than this, or it's darker, mm-hmm. or that, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. Well, and you know, relate that to you know when you're drinking the beer. Don't just drink the beer and say, oh, it's great. Say, yeah, okay, so yeah. how does this relate to what, what happened when I was brewing? Right. And then, you know, try and repeat it and, and say, okay, now I'm going to change this one thing. Right. How, how's the beer taste now? Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so if I change that, if I you know, change yeah. my mash temperature, look at what happened to the beer. Right. Oh, it's completely different. Oh, that's that's fascinating. Yeah. Or, oh, it didn't make any difference at all. Now whatever. You're in, contr- whatever now you're you're in control because you know yeah. how to maintain variables and you had to change them at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. If you want to uh, learn advanced home brewing techniques, you know where you could go? SiebelInstitute.com, right? right? Check them out. It's America's oldest brewing school. They've got more courses than any other brewing school courses, including the hands- advanced home brewing, craft distilling, and beer styles course. Uh, you know, if you want to become a BJCP judge or Cicerone or something like that, they can teach you a lot about beer styles. Uh, professional level brewing courses, uh, both on campus and web based. And then uh, the faculty includes uh, some great, well-respected uh, 
instructors in international brewing, including a lot of our good friends. So check them out, SiebelInstitute.com, if you want to uh, become an expert in something like Munich Dunkel. Uh, Scott, what's your take on... Uh, he was working hard over here. ...on those, those four beers? This is a hard... I had to work hard for this uh, this flight. It's one another one of those ones that I I have a just a real hard time distinguishing between the four of them, not just from uh, color, like you guys mentioned uh, at the top there, but they're really similar in character. I think the Dunkless stands out the most to me. It's it's got some pretty assertive fruity character that is not there in the other beers, um, but the the rest of them all well they all have that sort of. Uh, Burn toasted caramel note, which is the bready malty, right? Which is mm-hmm. it's that thing forward in this style. So it makes sense that it would be across all of them. And the Rutberger has a bitter bite to it that the others don't. Maybe I guess it's it's hops, more hops in that one. But it does seem happier. I think that if I had all, maybe with the exception of the Dunkless, if I had them like five minutes apart and I didn't know which was which, you'd, they would taste you'd identical. It was the same beer. Oh, absolutely. If I give you a pint of one. And then, you know, half hour later, we're talking. I'm like, hey, you want another? And I gave you one of the other ones. Would never, never second it. Wouldn't, it wouldn't dawn No on. way, right, especially right. if they were cold. Right. It's a delightful style. I like it a lot, but it's very mm-hmm. difficult for me to distinguish and, and make any sort of interesting note, tasting notes. Do you have a winner or loser? I like the Dunkless because I like that fruity character oh. quite a bit. Uh, oh. I, maybe it isn't style. I don't, I don't know. But I, I just I like the way it tastes. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh, that was a great name, Bevo. Please. Dude, I want to sample that right there. That was awesome. I'm gonna my my least favorite was a root burger. Uh, had good malt note, but it mm. I, I thought it had um, some bell pepper notes to it. Bell pepper is that maybe what I'm picking up like as a, the as the bitter? I I would say DMS maybe like there's some maybe it's the bitterness, but it, there's like a kind of a, a a vegetable earthiness to it. No, I, I think it's a. Uh... I think it might be just because it's really lowly attenuated. It's just dried out. Ah. Uh, and then, of course, it's too hoppy for that you know that level of attenuation. I'm tasting the residual hops. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's really hoppy. Yeah, oh. it is hoppy. And then I'm going to say Gordon number three, Gordon Biersch. Mm-hmm. I thought it didn't have the most complex malt profile. Mm-hmm. It's clean, nice, well-made, but I thought it could be a little bit more toasty, more melanoid, and maybe more Munich thrown in there. And I'm kind of torn between uh, Anger and Spot. I'm going to go Spot in three. I thought it was really clean. There was nice toastiness, some chocolate notes. But with the warm temperature, I think Anger wins because I think it hung, the malt profile hung out the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so you have an Anger, Spot, and Gordon, uh, Gordon, and, and, then, and okay, all right, all right, and tasty. Well, uh, I like the maltier beers uh, better uh, in this case. So. To me, the uh, Rittberger is too hoppy, and the uh, Spaten is a much smaller, not near as malty uh, version of a, of, uh, of a Dunkel. Uh, I like the uh, Anger. That's really good. I like the really malt character. And I like the Gordon Biersch beer, too. It's, uh, to me, it's right behind it. I think uh, Gordon Biersch did a really good job on that beer. To me, it's a really good example of the style if I'm comparing it to this Anger beer, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd have to... Uh, Give uh, Gordon Beers a second to, to hmm. anger, but uh, hmm. then Spotten and then the Rittberger. So all three of you had completely different. Oh no, but John and Tasty both picked the Anger first. Hmm. Yeah, 
Yes? Yeah. Yes. All right. <clears throat> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the correct order here. Because <laughs> I have something different. Um, <clears throat> Neil Eilinger is, is definitely number one. That is <laughs> by far the best example on the table. That, And I think everyone else is trying to make that beer. That is rich and malty. It's slightly darker than... than uh, the Gordon Beers or the uh, Spot, and it's got a little more ruby to it. True, right? And uh, it, you know, just a, a, a much more rich flavor of malt, and uh, you know, it's it's a great clean lager. This is why it's number one in the in the style guides. It is freaking fantastic. It, it has been for ever, and it's still great. That is a world class beer right there. How that long have they been brewing it? Do you know? Uh, hundreds of years. That's awesome. Um, it doesn't say on the label. I don't know. That's all I know. Fair enough. We brewed it for a long time. It says on the, on the label, deep and malty, a great food pairing. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. There you go. <laughs> Drink that, have some food. <laughs> there you go. Eat. Done. <laughs> Simplifies things. No, that that is really fantastic. Uh, Number two, I actually the Spaten or the the uh, Root Burger. I actually uh, I thought that those were pretty close. I I liked a lot of the the Root Burger seemed like it had a little deeper malt than the Spaten. Spaten seemed like it had a little bit cleaner ferment. Uh, so I had those, you know, two and three. The Gordon Biersch, I was disappointed in. It lacks malt character. It's fruity. And it's a bit thin. Just thin on body. Yeah. I just, I didn't think it was very good at all. I mean, it's not a good Munich Dunkel. I mean, it's I borderline Bach. You know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's lacking in the, the malt intensity. Yeah. And I think, again, this is, I don't know what kind of base malt they're using, but, you know, it's malt selection. And a lot of times when it tastes like that, they are not using 100% Munich malt. The Eyinger, 100% Munich malt, and then they use they adjust a little color with, uh, like, some Carafa Special or something. That's it. That's it. And if you want to brew a great example, that's what you do. 100% Munich malt, and then just some color adjustment with some, some huskless uh, dark malt. Do you mash longer just to get more of a maltiness out of your mash with all Munich and then to get the carafe in there? No, uh, you, you do generally need to mash longer because of, uh, well, I'll tell you this. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, I will tell you why you need to mash longer you go. right after this. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. 
The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's No Beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerone's are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerone's are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and Bruin brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. 
Brewers Publications is proud to announce its latest book, American Sour Beers by Michael Tonsmeyer, with foreword by Russian Rivers' Vinny Chalurzo. Michael's an experienced home brewer, writer, and lover of sour beers, and is proud to bring you the book on this topic. What I'm passionate about is the flavors. I'm so excited for my new book, American Sour Beers. The goal of this book was to write something that is very practical, that really will help people to brew better beer. I really wrote it for everyone. The book starts out with advice on their very first sour beer, all the way up to proper technique for stacking barrels at a commercial brewery. Sour beers are my passion. Come see me at the National Homebrewers Conference in Grand Rapids or this coming fall at the Great American Beer Fest in Denver, Colorado. Brewers Publications presents American Sour Beers, available this summer at brewerspublications.com and at fine brewing retailers near you. Now back to Jamil's Tasty and Plisé. It's brewing with style. Crunchy guitar tone, distortion, <laughs> drowning out the drum set. Crunchy. You know, crunchy. Crunchy. I'll tell you, I, I'm enjoying, uh, enjoying these beers. That's I can a, tell that, you're like that, kicking that, back. Uh, Gordon Beer's beer is much maltier than the spot. Not the way you're getting at it. Thicker. Uh, Did you pour those wrong? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> now, now, malty flavor? Just body-wise. No, you said it was the, bo- the body was uh, low in the Gordon Beer's beer. I think it's a lower-gravity beer. Gordon Beer's. I think it's malty, but it's definitely comes across a little bit more watery. Yeah, it's not as malty as the uh, spot. All right. I have to recalibrate. Well, and it's and it's fruity, like Scott was saying. I get that, but kind of throws me for a loop. That would cover in a, in a lager, pizza. Count beer as a pepperoni. <laughs> I like beer, beer, I like beer, beer bigger right, than pizza. It's, it's not a bad beer. Um, it's just not a great example of the Dunkel. I think. I'll get you there. You know. Agreed. So where does the fruity come from? Like, let's assume it is purposeful. Where does it come from? you got to assume it's from fermentation. I mean, you get some, like we were talking earlier, some fruity, you know, some grape, you know, some dark fruit kind of notes from the Munich malt, which you get in box and things like that. But the other lighter fruity characters are got to be from fermentation from, you know, alcohols, esters. And I guess it would come from the same place if it weren't intentional. It's come, no right, matter right, what, right, you're getting right. it from the east. Yeah, I would, I would think so. And if you don't want it, you do what to make sure it doesn't happen? Yeah, you know, change your fermentation up. You know, pitching rate, oxygen, nutrients, um, you know, temperatures, all those things. You know, control how much uh, ester profile you get. And you shouldn't want it in this style. No, not at all. Yeah, you don't want really. right. You don't want too much esters. Right. That would be that would be a, a negative in in a lager of this kind. Of any longer, really. Um, all right, so before the break, we were talking about uh, you know, extended mash. Yeah. And I'll tell you why you want an extended mash, because you're going to do 100% Munich malt. It has a much lower diastatic power because it's been kilned to a, to a, 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 a larger degree and, and, and higher temperature, longer. It's got darker color. The darker the color, the less diastatic power something has. Munich malt will con- self-convert. 
but uh, because it's kiln to you know six, eight, ten love a bond, twenty love a bond, it a lot of the enzymes have been denatured, and so it's gonna. There's fewer enzymes available to convert the starches, so you need to give it more time. So you may want to do a ninety minute uh, rest. Mm-hmm. Now, would you do a lower mash temp to increase the conversion? The lower mash temp, actually, you know, the higher the mash temp, the quicker conversion occurs. Because the beta amylase? Yeah, just temperature accelerates all chemical processes. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, you know, lower mash temp tends to be slower conversion, but tends to favor different enzymes. Yeah. Uh, I would, you know, target, you know, around in the 152-ish Fahrenheit range. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit, little bit higher for a uh, little lower gravity, and a little bit lower for you know higher gravity beers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at Mike. No, <laughs> right. That's not, I know that's what I would do too. Same All makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Works perfect. You guys, you, you guys ready for a recipe here? Yeah. Uh, it's a complex recipe. I'm sure Munich and Carafa. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would use uh, in a six six gallons of kettle volume, finishing out at like five and a half, and then you know racking five and a half to the fermenter and getting five of clear beer to your keg. I would go with. Uh, let's see here, um, twelve point two pounds of Munich malt, and. Uh, I would go with uh, six ounces of Carafa Special Two, or actually, I, I, I'm loving the Black, Black Prince, Prince from from Brees. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the one to go with. Uh, you know, all the, I, I use Carafa Special for a long time, a great product, but I'm telling you, the Black Prince, that's you know, that's a quality product. I would use either one, whatever you could get, and generally, I like to stick with. If you're making a German beer, use German malts. Uh, but in this case, I tell you that Black Prince, that's something special. What's right the there. difference between those two? Say, I, you know, what would I, uh, what would I get from the Black Prince that I wouldn't have with the uh, Carafa? You know, for me, it's 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 less of you know with Carafa <clears throat> well, less and Sinmar, you kind of get a little bit of a funky kind of veggie kind of weird kind of flavor with you're it. You're talking about Sinmar, you're talking you about Carafa, both, right? both, okay. Um, if you use too much, I mean, you get that kind of flavor. And something like this, you use in so little, it's, it's not that big a deal. But uh, the Black Prince, you can use quite a bit of it, and you don't get that f- intensity of that flavor. It's got a cleaner flavor overall, I think. Nice. And would you use about the same amount, or maybe you could even use less? Uh, it depends on the color, what you're using, what you're what you're doing. But, I mean, uh, you're pretty much the if you yeah, used yeah. Right, right. six ounces of one, you'd use six yeah. ounces of the other. Interchangeable. I got you. Um... And the Black Prince, I believe, is is made with a huskless uh, malt, hmm. and versus something that uh, is dehusked, which is the difference. Gotcha. So perhaps, uh, you know, in dehusking, they're not quite getting all the husk. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, <laughs> but I like that Black Prince. Maybe hmm. it's all in my mind. I don't know, but I enjoy it. So original gravity ten fifty four, uh, finishing gravity ten fourteen. You're going to be about 22 IBUs. Use uh, Halitau. You can uh, do it all 60-minute, or you can do a, a little bit later, like a 20, 15-minute edition. Uh, I'd use uh, 1.2 ounce, 34 grams uh, at 60, and a half ounce or 14 grams, uh, maybe around 20 minutes, 15 minutes. And then uh, 
ferment that thing out with uh, uh, White Labs uh, WLP-833, the German Bach, or the 838, the Southern German, or the 830. Like I said, any German lager yeast is going to do you a good job. Y yeast, the 2308 Munich. Uh, you know, ferment around 50 degrees. Go up from there. Good stuff. Um, SRM, 19. What a nice dark, uh, but not uh, too dark. If you can't lager, could you use the Kolsch strain or the San Francisco lager? Uh, no, for God's sakes. For God's sakes, John. Make a different no. beer. No, make a different beer. Fair don't, be trying, don't be trying to... You can't make a lager without using lager yeast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could do that, but it's not going to be the same. Huh. I, I'll tell you what you could do. What is you could take something like this, you could ferment it with like the alt yeast ah. and make yourself a uh, you know a pretty nice alt beer. And that's a win-win. Because you get a still very malty ale. Yes. Okay. Right, right. And then, and then the Munich malt, you want to choose your source of Munich malt well. Uh, if you use like a domestic Munich malt, I have not tasted a domestic Munich malt that actually tasted as good as the worst Munich malt I've tasted from uh, from Europe. Why? So, why is that? Uh, well, um, what I'm told from the malt people is it has to do with the the source of the the malt that is used, right? The, the cultivar, the growing conditions. And, you know, a good part of it is how it's malted. And I'm like, well, all right. So us Americans, we're pretty ingenious people. We could, you know, we could we could copy anything. Are we and, screwing you know, it up that bad? And they're like, well, you know, it's the source grains. It's, you know, it's, it's grains grown in like Canada and North Dakota and all this stuff. And then, you know, it's, it's all right. It's, it, there's nothing really wrong with it. But I'll tell you, when you're looking for that rich flavor that you get in the iron, that is... Only achieved by using, you know, a quality German, you know, Munich malt. I think it's you know you have to uh, it's a requirement. Source, yeah. yeah, you know, pony up if 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 you're going to go to the trouble of making something like this, get yourself a high quality ingredient, and you know, do it right. Again, don't don't be slipping in coal yeast and stuff like that. <laughs> John, be my coal fix. That yes, up. there you go. I think that's the question. That you always have is... Can you use Cal Ale? Can, can you use Kolsch yeast? And, <laughs> and how would this beer be if you oak-aged it? Uh, two questions you're always asking. All right. I don't know. Can I add apricots to this beer? <laughs> yeah, so you can do whatever you darn well please. What about, a hint, on a serious note, a hint of uh, caravine, like a quarter pound, just to kind of give it a little bit more of a toasty caramel note to it, to kind of balance out the uh, Black Prince you're using? You can. But I'll tell you, the world's greatest example of the perfect beer is does not do that. All right. Less is more. There you go. Do you have a, a recipe, John? For no, 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 it's just yours with caravine. There you go. And an ale yeast. And an ale yeast. All right. Great. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we've uh, we've succeeded in uh, nailing that one down. So is your is your local going to have the the German malt then? I mean, do you, how far do you and why do you have to go to uh, obtain non-American northernbrewer.com. Oh, there you go. There you go. You get yeah, it right there. I'll definitely have that. Yeah. Uh, you know, because no, a lot of people want to yeah, yeah, a lot of people want to uh, 
you know, make a, a beer such as this and want to make great German Pilsners, want to make, uh, you know, a lot of these, these great styles that come out of Europe. And, uh, you know, you need a quality Munich mall for that, quality Pilsner, and, and somebody like Northern Brewer will have that. So is there anything you would use the domestic version for, then? <laughs> yeah. I think IPAs. I, would use, I used it in IPAs occasionally yeah. you know, as, a, as right. an accent mall. Yeah. Works yeah. well. Yeah, we've we've actually just recently used it in something at uh, at Heretic. It's just like, well, you know, the other one's harder to get. At. This one we can just get from you know wow. where we're getting our other one. We'll just throw this. And you know, we didn't want quite as as we didn't want the rich Munich character. Chris was it's like he didn't, he didn't care for how the Munich was really coming through, and so we we tried a domestic Munich to see if that would give us the right character, and it worked better. Uh, I don't know about that. In Chris's we'll opinion, it worked better? To be concluded. Oh, God. Who cares about Chris's opinion? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you how it works around there. It's similar to how it works around here. You guys all express your opinion. I'm going, yeah, that's interesting. Very good. Nice. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Well, all right. And then, I, then I tell you how things are. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how things work around here. Pretty much. <laughs> Clearly, you at least listen. Doesn't happen here. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. yeah. What, what was that? I sort of listen. Huh? I pretend to listen, and then and then I express my opinion, and we pretty much go that way, aka we, the truth. Right. Well, we actually have have a aka uh, the truth. We have the pope. We have a uh, a policy where uh, you know we all discuss things, and we like to you know get everybody's input and opinion, and we like to you know uh, work together as a team. I think it's very important. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll all express our opinion. And uh, whoever agrees with me, that person's right. <laughs> whoever disagrees with me, that person's wrong. So, you know, pretty much. Uh, it's pretty democratic. Yeah. It works out just fine. Just you perfectly. Know? USA. You know, two, even-handed. You know, well, it's two people out of the three agree. The, and, uh, you know, it's the whoever agrees with me. That's, that's where it's right. No. That's pretty fair. And uh, I'll tell you, it's, <laughs> pretty almost, it, it, it's pretty much non-existent where the two people who agree have not agreed. One of them has not agreed with me. Uh-huh. So you're never so that, you're never just the one. Right. It's always you and somebody else. Right, exactly. So I'm just saying, two out of the three agree. And the fact that they're always one of them's always agreeing with me, there you go. That's mm-hmm. the, so, we call that a hand job. <laughs> I'm not saying We're I'm forcing agreeing. it on him. I'm just saying, you know, when somebody agrees with me, that's you know, that's two two versus one. You know, it's very democratic. Yes. I'm just, I'm I just did, saying. Yeah, I mean, that's about yeah, as yeah. democratic as you can get. You know, that's right. Would you call yourself a the rules a, are right there benevolent dictator, or just a regular dictator, <laughs> a kind, gentle, but I'll crush your skull dictator? Yes, hmm. yeah, interesting mix. There you are. All right, let's take a short break. We come back, we'll answer any questions about uh, brewing fine beer as the Eyinger after this. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin 
MyHomeBrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of BrewVent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrew chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read Read your way to better homebrew. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog Tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize. Customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Oh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some Grog Tags, dude. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. GrogTag.com. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and e Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Adventures in Homebrewing has the 
knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus Brew Stands and Propane Burners, the Serial Killer Adjustable Two-Roller Grain Mill with 7-Pound Hopper, Custom Stainless Steel False Bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-sized brew pots. Visit Adventures in Homebrewing at the National Homebrewers Conference this June in their home state of Michigan to see more homebrewing.org creations. The brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. And don't forget to use the current coupon code AIH10. Adventures in Homebrewing at homebrewing.org. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right. All right. Back. Jamil, you have a website, MrMalty.com, right? Yes. Is that still up? That's still yes. active. I can go in there and figure out my yeast attenuation and all that stuff. Pitching rates. Pitching rates. Yeast uh, equivalencies charts. 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 <laughs> uh, and other nonsense. Nice. I haven't updated it in like 20 years, but hey. Hey, if it works, it works. Back then, I was really into it. Yeah, you were, I remember that. It's like all right. you did for a while. Now I don't have any time for anything. Just selling beer nationally. There you go. There you go. That's it. That and, and telling my employees who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> now, what states are going to be getting your beer for the first time? Maybe or some of our listeners want to be looking for Oh, there you go. It. Right, right. No, no, we're going to add. Uh, we added Hawaii recently. Whoa. How does it get there? Uh, Slow by, boat? By boat. By refrigerated by, container, ref- I Refrigerated assume? boat. Very nice. And then uh, we're working on Utah. Utah. Working on Utah. Now you can sell. You can sell in the package. Uh, yeah, we're waiting on the state in Utah, but uh, Idaho. They they got draft now for the first time. Nice. They didn't have draft for a long and time. Bottles now. in Boise. Yeah, got, yes, in Boise. Yeah. And in oh, the I see. Yeah, that's right. I knew you were already in that. that yeah. And then uh, we're adding North Carolina, <laughs> Pennsylvania, and Florida. Wow. Kind of growing. Like- East Coast, like boom! Here we yeah, go. You're hit that East Coast. Yeah, gonna hit, hit hard. it hard. And then we we those are all draft end bottles. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and then uh, we've been doing the UK, been doing Brazil, been doing uh, South Korea, Australia, Singapore, Australia, Japan. Um, I think that's it. Pretty good. No <laughs> Arizona love. No. Too much desert out there. Not enough Too people. I think that that must be the problem. No, I, you know, That's easy distribution. It is a desert. A lot, one spot. a lot of yeah. They're all in Phoenix and and and, and roasting and Tucson. Where's yes. my paps? Oh god. <laughs> no, Back uh, inside. Uh, no, we're we're interested in in these other states. It's just. Uh, yeah, you got to have like a distributor that's excited about it, really is willing to do the work. That makes a huge difference. You know, has the refrigerated uh, shipping and storage, and you know, is yeah. is you know can convince me that they're really going to make an effort with the brand. Sure. And then you know, some of these states they want like five grand to 
you know, distribute beer in there. Some of them, it's nothing. Some of them, it, it's pretty expensive. So if if the cost of registering your brands does not out does not you know it outweighs the 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 return you're going to get for the the volume you've sent to uh, you know some some state, then eh. they must not need your beer. Right. It's just like, yeah. well, all right. You know, it's it's too much effort. You get them last. Yeah. So yeah, yeah five yeah. years they'll be like, we want your beer. They do the low hanging fruit first. Right. You know how the fruit hangs. You, you want those low ones first. Right. There you go. All right. Do we have anybody listening? Anybody uh, questions? Oh, I forgot to mention the eight 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 four zero one beer. Uh, you could actually call in. <laughs> it's new to me to have people to call in because we weren't allowed to use the phone before, not without our parent present, and you know, he wasn't around, so we weren't allowed to use the phone. In this scenario, I am your parent. Well, there you go. So, well, now we can. Yes. I'm just saying before we were not allowed to use the phone without without dad here. So why didn't you just exercise your dictatorial side and demand it? <laughs> that doesn't work here. Hmm? <laughs> it works during the show. It doesn't own this. But it doesn't 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 work outside the show. Dictators I, I, I can't tell other dictators what to do. <laughs> right, right, then they're both right, dicks. Right. I'm not up on the <laughs> not up on the dictator code. Yeah, all right, here's a question uh-huh. from Pete DeDink. Uh, would you would you think the fruity esters in the Gordon Beer Spear might have come from cold crashing too quickly? Uh, if that's what they do, absolutely. I don't know if they do that. I thought that they work their their beer down slowly. Now, so, but if you if if one was to cold crash too quickly, no matter what they were doing, that could produce right. fruity. So, uh, when I was working on the yeast book, I came across a, a, a study that showed that if you rapidly cold crash your beer the yeast will express more esters there are more ester forming compounds from within the cell walls uh then if you very slowly take the temperature down they will actually retain considerably more and i think it was 30 percent, 50 percent, something like that more esters by rapidly cold crashing overnight versus very slowly bringing the temperature down hmm. so Pete, you, Pete you just improved my right is, is uh is paying attention that's a great tip right there. Do you cold crash regularly, John? I, every beer I crash in the fermenter that's in a refrigerator, I treat my fermenter as a primary and as a bright tank. Hmm. But I only crash to like 50 degrees. So I kind of let it settle there for overnight, and then I'll crash it down to 40 hmm. in, the, in the refrigerator that I'm going to yeah, serve it's, from. It's that rapid change that makes the yeast express, Interesting. express those compounds. So any rapid change... Uh, uh, it's it's these heat shock proteins, ah. and so you know, saying heat, people think, oh, you know, getting them too hot, but it's actually any temperature change, any rapid temperature change, makes the yeast expend this energy in forming these uh, proteins to protect themselves. Gotcha. And so that it's could a be form of stress. Rapid general. heating, rapid cooling will make them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they use up energy for that, and and uh, they'll also express these uh, these compounds. They'll just like barf up this stuff going, okay, get rid of this. Time to do this. You know, you know, emergency, emergency. It's like, you know, preparing to, to dive in a submarine. And then would that affect our ability to say to clean up diacetyl uh, if they're cold, it crashed too quick? Oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things about lagering, if you believe in, uh, you know, the yeast activity for a long, slow lager, you got to keep the temperature above 40. 
very slowly lower that temperature and then you know the yeast are still you know somewhat active but you know as you and i both know keeping the yeast warmer they're more active they're more likely to uh reduce the the diacetyl uh, compounds and things like that yeah i've been doing that on most of my home brews recently last couple years just to raise all beer four to five degrees more as a as a insurance policy just to make sure that the yeast is done, it's done its job, clean up the environment before I crash it. Is uh-huh. that legit? Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, I can't I like the beer. There's nothing that's going to happen uh, unless you raise it like crazy high, but if mm-hmm. just raise it into four or five, ten degrees. It's yeah, good. yeah, just a few degrees, you know, especially towards the end when you see the yeast starting to slow down. If you just bump it up a little bit, it keeps them going and keeps them a little more active. And they're already active. They're, you know, they'll 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 finish off a, a, a little bit better. Huh. One of the worst things to do is to pitch a ton of yeast at the beginning, have it at, you know, whatever temperature, and then drop it cold at the end or, you know, not do anything with it at the end, and it, it'll ferment really rapidly, and then, you know, all the yeast drops, and they leave a bunch of uh, acetaldehyde, acetal, things like that behind. Gotcha. So you got to be careful of that. Learn something every day. You're going to have to do the close without music. I'll put it in in post. The software hates me. <laughs> well, it's not the only one. I'll, I'll uh, play the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. John can beatbox for us. There you go. All right. Uh, if you enjoyed this show, make sure you check out our fine sponsor, northernbrewer.com. They've paid for the show so you don't have to. They, uh, they've they been on, like we said at the beginning, on top of us since, uh, since the beginning, or, or real close to the beginning. I mean, we were like two shows in, and, and they jumped on, didn't they, John? He really did. Missionary style is great. <laughs> face to face. We need the Slickwood update. Uh, John Slickwood uh, Corner. Uh, next show. Next show. All right. Next time. Yeah, if you're listening live, stay tuned. <laughs> we're, we're going to uh, have another show. We're going to talk about uh, uh, Belgian Double. Yeah. Which is a great style favorites. as well. My first all grain. There you are. And uh, if you enjoy the show and you want to uh, keep seeing the shows uh, done and, and all the other great shows on the Brewing Network, Go to the Brewing Network store. Check it out. Uh, they've got hats. They got hoodies. They got glassware. They got uh, books. They got all sorts Canteens of great things or something. Canteens or growlers, all sorts of stuff. And when you buy that stuff, any profit from that goes directly to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and really helps uh, you know keep this this stuff going. So if you enjoy all this this great program, and they're adding new shows, the Sour Show, and they got uh, Doctor Homebrew. They got uh, the Sure more coming. Uh, Monday session. They got uh, this this piece of crap. They got uh, <laughs> Bruce Strong. They got everything, and uh, all for free. So the least you can do, go buy yourself some some cool BN gear and uh, rock that out. All right. Till then, everybody. Bruce Strong. And often. <laughs>